hello, Mads, and good afternoon, and a very, very warm welcome to a man who I've not known for terribly long, but has become a very good friend of both me and my colleagues through your connection with Guild Financial Advisory, Masters of Finance, and welcome to the podcast. Mads, you are founder and chief exec of the Better Home Company. Tell us about the Better Home Company. A name I still love, and it still brings a smile to my face, even though I've now heard it many times. Tell, tell us all about it. Well, I'm glad you think so, and uh, thanks for having me. I mean, starting with the name, it was my wife who came up with it uh, over the kitchen table with uh, one of her friends. When I was running the uh, work for the development company, we really struggled with the contractors to find people that we could we could trust and finding you know trustworthy contractors is 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 one thing everyone's familiar with that kind of thing but it's more than that you need a trusted partner in the development or whether or, you know if development be, be you know for profit or development to be for your home so we aim to sort of, to go out and specialize in this super prime sector and help homeowners and landlords and investors and developers with the same issues we opened several different departments in there for to assist landlords. We work for a lot of the, the larger managing agents, looking after their super prime portfolios only, like the Knight Franks and Savills. You meet everybody involved in, in the property sector along the way in different stages. With Better Home, we've gone on to specialise in that sector. We're working for three different royal families, delivering projects for them in and around central London. We are working for developers in Mayfair, dealing with tricky license to alter issues, trying to get their visions through whilst also delivering on the construction. We are building, well, we're working the process of complete demolishing and rebuilding mansions down in Weybridge, again for private clients. And now we're being asked by those same private clients to do their house in the south of France or in Marbella, which will bring a whole other host of challenges to figure them out. But I think the, the groundwork is there for us to do it. And I think we have a reputation of delivering. I mean, there's one particular job we have at the moment for a member of the Qatari family who bought a 20 million pound penthouse on the River Thames, the Nine Elms, yep. 27th floor. They've got a massive terrace, enormous, maybe 1,500 square foot terrace. They'd like a pergola mm. on that terrace on the 26th floor. Now, there's no way of bringing the pergola up. The pergola's enormous. The pergola probably covers about 700 square foot. Uh, the lengths are four meters plus. There's no crane you can about you could use. Helicopter. To, there's a helicopter's one option that we're looking at. Yeah. Uh, we looked at closing the whole road. We've looked at suspending it across the Thames. We are looking at removing the lifts from the lift shaft so we can hoist the pieces up that way. So look, you imagine, those are the kind of super prime tasks that individual will will pay the price of a home in Guildford for that service. But it's uh, it's all about getting what you want. Most of our, 99% of our business is recommendations through either architects or interior designers. So the interior designers and the architects are good to refer us because, what well, I believe is because they're tasked by the client to deliver the project for them in entirety. You know, they want to see from the point that they're showing them sketches you know, of their, of their yacht or their, or, their, or their penthouse in Knightsbridge to the point that they're standing on it or in it. You know, that's their drug. So they'll come to us. This is very important. Can, can, can we just pick up on this for a moment? Because it's important that I understand this, and I believe I, my listeners will find it very interesting. It's the architect mm -hmm. um, and his or her relationship with the customer. Yes, or, in, or interior designers. Or interior designers mm -hmm. that determines the way forward. 
Correct. So they will, they will have the vision for, they will work with a client to develop what their dream for the, for the property might be. Yep. And then they will need somebody to make it a reality. One yep. thing's taking it from paper into a fully built project. So right. then that's where we come in. And they come to us because they know that we'll deliver. That's that's very important. That's very important. It's it's good for us because it means that we are we get we are engaged at the point of things actually ready to proceed. The way forward, you you've reached a certain level. Mm-hmm. You're clearly well known. You're getting business. Um, I think we know because we've discussed it. You could do with some more working capital. You could do some more of the right sorts of people. Mm-hmm. But we're heading into a recession. Um, we're heading into a slump. We're heading into the worst business conditions I will have ever seen in my entire life. Depends how you talk to. Mm-hmm. I personally am not as pessimistic as many, but I am an optimist by nature anyway. Mm-hmm. Much more important than what I think. What do you think? What's it looking like for you over the next two or three years from where you're sitting, running an outfit like Better Homes with the business that it does and wishes to continue doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so in Dera Homes, we have a number of departments, and which is something that we're, we're actually working to change. And that's not necessarily through demand or, or supply chain issues. It's mainly because that we've maybe spread ourselves a bit too thin and tried to do too much for two different many sectors. You know, we're B2C, we're B2B, uh, plus our relationships with the architects and designers. And we've decided to remove some of the, what we call prime work, which might, which would maybe beautiful three million pound townhouse in Fulham, which you know to you and I is is, is a is a it's a dream, but uh, and focus more on the super prime sector. And I think the the polarization of wealth is no secret, really, to to, to how that's how that continues to to grow and the the drop in demand on that sector is just unwavering for us. You know, we've seen definitely people taking longer to press the button on larger projects for, for for more traditional traditional housing you know where we provide construction services yeah um but the, the 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 demand on the top end of the scale you know is is it, it it seems to be unwavering now i mean from my experience back in the my development days the you know if you look at the way house prices rose and fell the super prime sector never really followed with that the super prime sector exists in its own little bubble because these people, it's, it's not a primary home. It's not even a second home. It you know, could be one of many. And uh, these, again, the super prime sector is highly mobile. And they're much more connected to the stock market. You know, it really is. The disposable, amount of disposable income, or depending how they want to allocate their assets, really sits much, fits much tighter with the markets rather than typical housing trends. So you know, you'll see incredible activity during covid in the super prime sector, you know, it was like a like a rocket, and because of the the global nature of super prime, you know, if the dollar's down, or the you know the, or the euro's flying, it really depends, and you'll see the demand in in that way. You know, we we had a development back you know, when the when we had the initial Brexit referendum, and we had a, a townhouse just behind Sloan Square that we developed. It had actually been bombed in the war, which meant it had been rebuilt after the war, and it had a short lease. And what that meant when we enfranchised it, it meant that the house itself wasn't original. So when you extended the, co- the cost of the lease, you didn't have to pay for the value of the house because it wasn't original. Right. So that was a fantastic deal. But that aside, we had a townhouse there where um, it, w- it was complete and it was 
it was sitting there about it was about four months before the referendum and people were nervous and we weren't getting any offers and it was just a bit you know again we were quite punchy on the price of course to start with and then the referendum happened you know and we and we had the yes vote and the next day the pound plummeted hmm. day after that we had a bidding war it's just a cl- it's just a very clear example of how the difficulties that the rest of us face in the sector is opportune for somebody and london is it's almost like in many ways the global headquarters for property so over the next year or two what do you see i see no no concerns we have uh, lots of large scale projects where we've got enormous capital um commitments from the clients well i know the clients have already committed the funds um on, on those projects there's no no let down in in these in that sector of the market and for us we 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 look to undertaking these projects requires a lot of our resources and where we get involved is we are you reach back to working capital where when we take on a project we get highly involved in the in the projects that we undertake and we want to expand our team especially with the most skilled people in the sector you know and finding the the resources to take them on bring them in train them and manage them is uh, is hard when you when you're going flat out are there sorts of people around still there are absolutely yeah in absolutely there are there are plenty and they're, you, they're and well paid yep they're well paid um right and rightly so but there's plenty absolutely right so what would you like to do that you're not doing at the minute well, there's there's many there's many things. Yeah, um, but aspirational. What what? Uh... Well, my ultimate goal would be to be a, one of the biggest players in the private rented sector. Yeah. Ultimately, I'd like to become a house builder. Ultimately, I'd like to become Barclay Homes. There's no reason you know we have we have the full ecosystem in Better Home from the acquisition side of things and the expertise and the in in finding and looking for deals to the construction aspect and managing the construction. Because we have all the construction in house, we can hedge against construction issues, you know, price discrepancies. We can manage uh, material prices as well by pre-purchasing. We have a we have a very strong framework to manage that, and you know, I believe strongly in the in the private rented sector. In coming from Europe, I mean, if you look in Germany, it's, it's commonplace to rent something for ten years. And it's changing here. You see, it's like legal in general have done that enormous development that they're doing down in Wandsworth at the moment with a commitment to rent. And I see the opportunity is fantastic there. So we're, you know, one of our goals going forward is is looking for a a large backer to fund us, like a back us for proceeding down the 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 private build to rent route. Is this more called in the UK? Historically, the British have always been a nation of property owners, and, mm-hmm. and historically, you mentioned the Germans, mm-hmm. they've rented, mm-hmm. um, and, and property ownership in Germany is, is quite rare. Is it still quite rare? It's still quite it? rare. It is, I mean, there, is, there are aspirations, but it's still the masses still rent. And if you look now, it's yes, I mean, it's ingrained in the British to, to own their home, the, yeah. your home is your castle, but you look in the, you look in the, 20, the, the those in their 20s now, it's it's very different. They're looking they're looking for convenience. They're looking for um, everything to be to be in one one place. They're looking for things to be high quality, high standard, well insulated, well served, running like a slick hotel. We want to build we want to build homes that are you know have an A rating on the EPC value. 
you know, incredibly efficient buildings on the, running on their own, highly effective, super fast Wi-Fi, beautifully managed. All these things are easy and, and possible to do. They just require the funding. Yes, but these things are, are, will be or are driven by desire and not thrust upon people through a combination of, of recession and uh, too high house prices, which they can't afford. Absolutely. A little bit, or is, in your view. Young people, in their, you call them millennials or what the correct term for them is, but people in their, in their 20s and early 30s are much more mobile nowadays than they were back. It's not everyone's aspiration to own a flat necessarily and that's their you know their nest egg forever they may they may move around and you know if you look at ever since covid now the remote working has got off the scale people want to be able to move and and, and relocate easily and have and have when they have somewhere it's it's accommodating to their pets it's, it's you know they can do it up however they want they can have it in their own paint colors it's got their own personality which is very important to people but it's it's a, you know it's a finished product that's very easy for them to manage and with the way that people, you know, the freedom of, to roam that the, that the COVID has given everybody, I think those I think those days are. And also, of course, that when people come to settle down, things change. You know, and people have well, and, and I, looking at the way it will be, it will be later in life for everybody mm. that they they can buy the home that they they so require. I mean, that's never going to. Well, we never know, but it doesn't seem to change. One thing, you know, something that we talk a lot about is we talk about craftsmanship, and craftsmanship is. Like you, like you mentioned, you know, and you can talk about you say craftsmanship, and people think tend to think about a you know a, a sculpture or you know someone who is, um, or you know perhaps a, 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 maybe a carpenter yep. as a trade. But you know, if you look at our wallpapers, you know they're putting up twenty thousand pound rolls of Degorny wallpaper. Yeah, I tell you that's that's craftsmanship it making is. that work. You it tell is. you look at the the painters, you know, delivering heritage painting on, you know, these 200-year-old covings in Mayfair yeah. uh, made out of horsehair. Horse I mean, that's craftsmanship. You could talk about bricklaying. That's definitely a craftsmanship. Um, and, and and all these different trades is craftsmanship, you know. So, and I also do. I also take great pleasure in the tangible aspect of what it is that we that we do because it's... it's and it's comprehensible. Maz, what's the most interesting, and I do choose that word deliberately, interesting project you're working on at the minute, would you say that would probably be one in Cavendish Square, right. around the corner from now. And um, money is no expense, um, so we are, and we're working with a um, a designer called Helen Green Design, who referred us for this project, and they've done a phenomenal job designing it, and we're helping to make it a reality. And um, yeah, I've seen things on this project I've never seen before. Very, very fascinating, fascinating really? items, but. You know, I've also worked with the family. I've also built a a, a waterfront home in uh, in Florida, which has also been you know, a fantastic experience. We are, and like I said, we're we're looking to to work on. We're hopefully beginning a project in south of France and also Marbella, all very unique properties in their own way. One is probably I don't know. I mean, it's required. It's it's it required. But it goes back to farmhouse days, I guess, yep. on the on the Cote d'Azur. And the other one is a you know a half built mega mansion that the the original developer abandoned halfway through. Both will provide you know very unique challenges, you know. And also we project manage everything from London. We ship all our materials from Germany. Every all the all the finishes come from all over the world, you know. So there's a there's the, all those provide unique challenges and makes them very interesting. Um, but it is the it is the super prime sector that makes it. 
the most makes it so. Because everything is is extraordinary. Well, lads, I've enjoyed our chat together today enormously. I expect you and I will be discussing this further elsewhere. In the meantime, lads, this has been a pleasure and a joy to have you along this afternoon for this recording. Thank you very, very much indeed for coming. I know that my listeners will enjoy listening to what you have to say, and you will have given them some ideas and some thoughts to go away and reflect upon. Lads, thank you very much indeed. Very good to talk to you today, and I thank you for your time here. Thank you, John. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on your favourite podcast app. This content is issued by Guild Financial Advisory Limited, which is authorised and regulated in the United Kingdom by the Financial Conduct Authority for Designated Investment Business and is a member of the Aquis Stock Exchange. Nothing in this podcast should be viewed as investment advice. Listeners should consult an investment professional before making any decision regarding topics mentioned in this podcast. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and not of Guild Financial Advisory. Please note that participants within this podcast may have financial interests in the matters discussed. <laughs>